What's up, guys? What's up? Welcome back, I-90 Sports Nation. Welcome back to episode nine. So, gentlemen, week two in the books. And uh, once again, I feel like we got a good week of football. I think we got a good weekend of football. There was some there was some good games and uh, a few of them that, that I was dead wrong about. I'll admit that. But other than that, a good week, good weekend again of football. Um, but let's dive right into this. So let's we're gonna start it off with the uh, Patriots and the Jets. Um, it was that was that was an interesting game. That was an interesting game. Um, by the, the way, we have least. brought a. Before we forget, we have brought me and JD have brought a special guest with us today. Ross, what's up, buddy? I am no one special. I am no one special. I'm just old, and I like to complain about sports. <laughs> the best kind of guest. Well, then you'll fit right in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's dive right into this because on the so, so have you all ever heard of a a a saying called shit polishing? Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. You ever heard of that saying? No question. Because you could take that piece of turd and you can you can polish it up and shine it up and make it look all real nice. But when you add water to it, what's it turned back into? Stinky a piece of turd. It's still a turd. It's still a turd, no matter what way you look at it, right? Now, well don't get me wrong, right? Patriots versus Jets, 25 to 6. A W is a W. Whether you – to steal something from, from – Fast and Furious. Whether you win by an inch or a mile, it's a it's still a win, it's still a W. It's still a win. Doesn't matter, right? Yep. But W-C-W. we can still we can still look at the game, and when you when you kind of dive a little deeper into it, yeah, the score was twenty five to six. Yeah, there was there was a lot of a lot of good points, and. Um, the Patriots, you know, the Patriots evening up their score at one uh, or that rec- their record, I should say, at one and one, getting their getting Mac Jones his first W. Um, again, uh, a mistake free, um, I should say mistake free, an interception free game from Mac Jones. No picks again for the second game in a row. He racked up 186 yards. Unfortunately, no touchdowns. Um, but let's kind of get into that a little bit. Um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of get into the numbers a little a little more. Um, JD, did you get to watch highlights or, or watch any of that game? I uh, I watched yeah some highlights. I didn't I didn't watch it live. I was busy watching the Bears game and everything so, and uh, other games and stuff. And Red Zone. so, what did you think? Well, I mean, I will say first, <laughs> thank you, New England, very much. I have the New England, as I said in a previous podcast, I have the New England Patriots as my fantasy defense uh, in my league, and you guys dominated four interceptions and a few, I think, a couple of sacks there. A bunch of tackles. Up, I believe. I believe they racked up three sacks. Three sacks. Yeah, it was. It was a good. It was a good day for uh, for myself and for the New England faithful. So thank you guys. I'm. It's much appreciated as a. <laughs> personal football fan anyway and besides that it, it's exactly what we talked about before only i would say it's it's even more ramped up maybe it's you could say oh that's just another week of a film for belichick to say oh you did this wrong you did that wrong you did this wrong 
basically we knew that Belichick dominates young quarterbacks. What is it, 26 and 6 or something like that against he, he is 21 and 6 21 versus and six. rookie quarterbacks. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Dominates. So it's exactly what we thought. Only uh instead of Tua, which I guess Tua is not a rookie, so it doesn't count. Rookie quarterback, here he is. What's up? All right, first first time playing Bill Belichick, you're gonna get destroyed. So that's what happened, and uh we we kind of yeah, seeing ghosts. I like uh, Ross's thing there. Exactly. You're going to be seeing ghosts because he's going to show you eight different looks every single time, and I think that's that's what we saw. Again, I didn't watch play-by-play-by-play. By play by play, so yeah. I was busy. I was focused on the Bears game, but I remember just seeing Zach running for his life every time he had the ball, just scared it for his life. So that's great. If you're the Patriots, you like to see that because that's a division rival. He's going to be scared of you guys for the next couple of years. <laughs> Ross. Your okay. initial your initial thoughts from the as the game ended. What what were your initial thoughts? Okay, I got plenty to say on this, but we'll keep it short on this point because we're going to hit stats and other things later on. But you go off. Zach made it very easy for us. Let's be honest. Three of those picks were thrown directly to defenders, like they were receivers. All we had two, to do two of them. Two ball. of them were legitimately thrown right at right yep. at. Patriots defenders. Two, two of them were literally thrown right at right, like they didn't even have to take a step in it in any direction, just thrown right to them. And I'm still That's shocked good coaching. about the amount. Yeah, and I still got the amount of sacks and hurries that we did. We did not put in most of our pass rushes. If you take a look, Winovich, certain other guys, they only had like four or five snaps on the field the entire game. And you know, um, the Jets had more time of possession. So essentially, that should have ended up to be more snaps for these guys. I think in some ways, we are putting bubble wrap around certain players. D- yeah, definitely, definitely. Good good point. Um, so let's kind of – I'd like to kind of compare some notes with you guys. This is what I – now, this is what I took out of it. I'm interested to what – uh, we'll start with the defensive side of the ball, Ross and JD, and then we'll move we'll move towards the offense. But defensively for the Patriots, this is what I took out of the game. Overall, the defense was pretty good for most of the game. It was it was pretty good. They got after it, um, and they forced they made some turnovers. They got some turn turnovers. They they made they they rattled Wilson a little bit. They threw him off his mark. Um. So overall, the defense was good. Four four interceptions, three sacks. This um, Ross. Now I want your opinion on this. The to me, the corners and safeties, the defensive backs in this game carried the defense. Thank you. Except on the run. Okay, well, let's 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 keep this in perspective. The run I was not impressed with, but the pass rush from say let's let's take a look at this. Uh, let's look at the. Uh, uh, sacks. Uh, so you got you got Davis with one, and you got Uche, middle linebacker, two sacks, three tackles, and and Bentley six tackles, two assists. Again, they're making these plays in the backfield, which I do like. There were some open field tackle issues that I didn't like all that much, but we really got to shore up against the run because if we're gonna have trouble with the Jets' running game, what are we gonna do when we go against McCaffrey? We go up against the kid from tomorrow from uh, the Saints. This is we got to batten down because I was not pr- I was not impressed with the run defense. 
You Patriots fans just looking down on all of us just with your <laughs> dominant secondary and your dominant offensive line and your dominant everything else. Well, if we don't do this other thing dominant, we're not gonna we're not gonna win the well, Super Bowl well, this year. Talk, talk, with talk your to, rookie quarterbacks. All right, talk so, to Bobby about so middle of the field, middle <laughs> middle linebackers and how open the field is. Bobby will give you a give you I, an F. I will no, I, I will you. definitely Ross, we're we're gonna we're gonna we'll, believe me. We'll we'll go into that. So so the so that was just a note, you know, side note. The defensive secondary carried for sure. Um, one of the standouts to me, Ross. I think I said it last week too, because even in the Miami game, he had a very good game. Jalen Mills again had an had a very very good game for the Patriots. Very good mm-hmm. game. They targeted him five times, and he only allowed seven yards. That's it. Mm-hmm. So they tried to they tried to pick on him. They tried to pick on him, and it didn't work out too well for him. And for the second week in a row, Jalen Mills has impressed me. He's 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 fast becoming a a a you know quietly good piece on this defense. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's 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 come to all my expectations. I mean, JD, I don't know how much film you've seen on him, but he is quick. He's a quick guy. That that play that he made against Miami, where he dove and deflected that ball in the end zone, was was great. That was that was spectacular. Well, he did prevent the game from opening up like, again. That could have been that could have been a game where we lost by one or two touchdowns with with Miami. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so those were the so that's the good that was um. That was kind of the the good points on the defense. The secondary, the defensive secondary, once again was was very impressive. Um, so let's kind of break. Let's kind of get down into the 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 parts of this defense that are are worrisome for the second have you know for the second week in a in a row have have definitely shown some some cracks and some you know vulnerability. Um, once again, Ross the the run defense i mean they're so let me let me get you guys something right the the patriots are allowing after two games after two two games the patriots run defense is allowing almost 5 yards a carry 4.7 uh-huh. 4.7 yards a carry to running backs to to running backs on the opposite side the opposite team that's not good that is not good. And the defensive front of this team was supposed to be the strength. You know, Hightower and Judon and Van Noy and and um Bentley, Winovich. all these when you know, Bentley, Winovich, um, you know, got got the, the new newly acquired uh Patriots, gotcha, you know, uh gotcha and and um Barmore. Barmore, all those, you know, the 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 defensive front was supposed to be one of the strong points on this D and they are, they're getting pushed around and it's, it's not good. It's not good. What do you think JD? Well, that just tells me, I mean, right there, like if that's a problem and you're dominating, I mean, yes, it's a bad team, but if you're, if you're dominating any NFL team at all and you still are having glaring problems in the run game, and you don't have your best cornerback, supposedly. Maybe your best cornerback. Well, who knows after after yesterday? Who knows who your best cornerback is? But I would say um, that 
there's a lot of upside because I think that if there's anything that you can fix in this league, it's the run game um, because uh, offensive linemen are worse than ever. And so are running backs. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying that like to be cruel to them or, or to disparage them and all, but objectively speaking, they're less productive than they ever have been. I think that defensive ends have more uh, like there's rules that affect that are like pro defensive end. Uh, and there's rules that are pro receiver. So the game has evolved in that way that like offensive linemen are fewer and far between as far as performance goes. So it's, it's, it's easier to fix a pass rush than it is a secondary. So that's good for the Patriots at least. And you're getting a, and you're getting one of your cornerbacks back. So that's nice too. Definitely. Definitely. Ross, what do you think? So there's a couple things that hurt my soul. So I, I'm a defensive minded type of guy. I always been coached that way, play that way. Um, guys are out of position all the time. The front line, they weren't holding their they weren't holding their gaps. They were getting boxed out really easily, and they're the first line of protection against a run. And then on the ends, we couldn't we couldn't lock the edge down, not once. I I, I don't know what was going on, but they had free reign to work the outside of the field on running plays, and off tackle and off guard. It was just like Swiss cheese, and I. I like Uche for the Jets. Pass the, the Jets yeah. did a very nice job of collapsing our defensive ends, collapsing Ross. the collapsing the end and setting the edge. They did a really good job of it. Do you th- do you think it'd be? Do you think that's like a um? Is that a linebacker like speed problem or do you? No, think that's that's, like that's the that, like Ross is saying. That's that's the defensive end having to hold the edge, and they they just they've been getting killed in it, getting wrecked on that. I got you. Keep going, Ross. I didn't mean to interrupt you, buddy. No, no, no. Easy, easy. Um, again, and I just felt like they played very passively. Like again, we got, we did get a few sacks. We did get a couple of hurries, but by no means did we go after this young quarterback. By no means, and we, we played very conservatively. We played in defensive schemes where the passing option was always there for them, and they still run down, ran down our throat. You know what I'm saying? It was. It's not up to the linebackers at this point. It was up to those front guys on the line, and they were not holding their gaps at all. They had all day to run, and we cannot do that against tomorrow. No, yeah, no. And what we were like, we had spoke off off camera, Ross. When we start playing teams with better running backs, that like, like when we see Elvin, when we see Elvin Kamara, when we see Zeke Elliott, when we when we see some of these these better. Running backs that we're gonna when we see Derrick Henry with the Titans, um, like think look just look at that look at that right there right. So we got to play Alvin Kamara, Zeke Elliott, and Derrick Henry in one season, and they're allowing almost five yards a carry in week two. So, I mean that's that that's that's when you're allowing five yards. So, so think of it like this right first first down and they hand the ball off that's first and five that you just cut like you automatically cut it in half and you open the playbook up to the other team second and five they can do anything they can run they can pass they you know you know what i mean it, it's you know, it's a often. it's a problem i would yeah i, I well, oh go ahead jd sorry well, i was gonna say what ross what ross said uh i was just gonna respond to ross's thing he said um 
He said that we weren't even really pressuring Wilson much. So basically, Ross is saying that, that Wilson ain't seen nothing yet, man. You threw four interceptions against us just playing good secondary. Oh, you wait until we get a pass rush. That's what I heard. Yeah, it's the actually Patriots the fan. kid. Yeah, the kid legitimately just threw it to our defenders. Like, if you look at the, if you if you go take a chance to look at those interceptions, like it wasn't in double or triple coverage. It was thrown directly to a defender. Like, don't get me wrong, I'll take it all day, but it wasn't like man-to-man coverage. Big play is like at least three of them. Wins a win. Were <laughs> uncontested, uncontested. So it's just like I try to give credit where credit's due. They did pick up the ball. They did capitalize. But he just threw terrible. You think yeah, it was more just him that. failing versus he, the Patriots playing you. well? Thank you. Yeah. Ross, would you like to add anything to that, brother? It's a good take. Uh, the, yeah, the, the defensive side, my concerns are is there was a lot of players we did not see against the Jets. Where where was Barmore? Where was Winovich? Where were these pass rush guys that we were all talking about at the beginning of the season? All of a sudden, they're not existent. We're looking at a bubble wrap team right now. I think there's some lingering injuries. They didn't see the Jets as much of a threat. And what they decided was that we're going to play conservative this game. It showed on both sides of the football tonight. I mean, on that game anyways. That's my theory anyways. No, I, I could totally see it. Because especially if, especially if they're if – they, if, especially if Bill recognizes that he can win and not overextend himself, then he'll just win and not overextend himself. Yeah, and that's his playbook. Like again, least amount of effort for the for the W, you know, because again, he doesn't want to burn out his guys before bigger games. So now let's slide over to the uh, offensive side of the ball. Um, once again, Ross and JD, Damian Harris shines again. The guy, the the guy just went full when he. So on that twenty six yard touchdown run that he had. He was hit at the eight for the or the eight or the ten with the first contact was made at the, I believe first contact was made at the eight, I think. And he slipped four tackles and drug three defenders on his on his back into the end zone. Like he just would not be denied. Like that's he's if he if we get that kind of running from him, and so far he's shown it in two straight games. He's going to be a problem for the league this year, like a big problem. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I would say that uh, Harris, it, like if they keep using him as like a workhorse, that just opens up the playbook for everyone else. So that's all. I, that's all I would add to that. What do you got, Ross? All right. So Damian Harris, like here is it: sixteen carries for sixty-two yards, three point nine average per carry one TD. And I mean, the stats aren't the only thing, but it's like, I really was hoping like a hundred yard game from him, not for real fantasy stuff, but to get this young kid out there, getting comfortable running the ball, maybe catch some passes out of the backfield. But it was just, you and me complained since the Miami game that this playbook is so boring, so lackluster and with no disguising the plays like have we seen really any receptions from Damian Harris? Have we seen – there's just – I think there's so much more to this team that we haven't seen, and it's driving people crazy. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And here's another – another to add to the Damian Harris thing. So he had 16 carries for 62 yards, right? 
there there was more yardage or there should have been more yardage there how many times how many times uh pats nation everybody listening to this if you watched that game how many times did you see dame harris have to run into a wall at the line of scrimmage or first contact on him was made behind the line of scrimmage and he made something out of nothing he made a, a he made a 1 yard loss into a 3 yard gain that that's that's the sign of a good running back that's the sign of a good yeah, yeah a that's the yard run like 50 13 or like three times at least <laughs> for to to be hit behind the line of scrimmage for for to have first contact made behind the line of scrimmage and at least fall forward and get back to the line of scrimmage for a non-negative play that's that's it shows awareness it shows you know it's just it's the sign of a, a smart running a good smart running back um I know me and you, Ross, had talked off camera about this too. The, 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 the running in the 16 carries. And I bet about, I bet about four of them. He ran straight into a wall of, of nothing. Yeah. Here's the thing. And this is the thing that we get aggravated about. We've had arguments within our fan base about why are we running off tackle every single time? No. Not once did I see an end around, a just something to give them somewhat of a chance. Because they, they would still run a running play with a box stat. You have so many options in, in, on the uh, flats. Why don't you fake a run? He goes out there, catch a little dinky pass for three or four yards. Everyone's talking about all these checkdowns. I'm not seeing that many checkdown plays. You know, I, I want to see Damian Harris be used more effectively and not put him in positions where he's got to try to blow through a wall. That's how you burn out running backs and quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and like red zone, like we got in a big argument with some people the other day, like red zone. If you, why are you running the same running play in the red zone? Your first one, you get stopped for nothing. Then the, and then the second one, you get negative seven yards. So that was my, that's funny. Cause that's a perfect transition into the next point. The, the efficiency once the Patriots cross the 30 of the opponent, uh-huh. it, it's now I want to ask both of you guys, JD, we'll, JD. So I'll start with you and then I'll get Ross's opinion too. Now I want your, your opinion, right? As soon. So the Patriots crossed, they, they, they were, able to get into the red zone quite a few times. I want to say like six is now it seemed from the, from the, the, you know, from watching the game and just, you know, looking at the play calling, it seemed like it tightened up. Like, like once again, it's, it, is it, do you think it's, it's the lack of trust in Mac Jones to throw the foot, you know, to throw the football in the red zone, or, or is it receivers not getting, you know, not being able to get open? Or is it Jones not trusting himself throwing into tight windows? What do you think? Well, I, yeah, I think it's definitely them not necessarily letting him, you know, take it upon himself to say, I'm going to throw, I'm going to call an audible here. And I also think that it's, I don't know if it's necessarily the leash as it's commitment to the run game. I don't know if they should be calling the same play over and over, but I think they're very committed to the run game, so they're going to run it as often as they possibly can. Um, 
And and I definitely don't think they trust Mac Jones, and that might be a weakness down the stretch. That's all I would say. Ross. Thank you, JD. So, yes, don't run the same play twice in a row, number one. Number two, our red zone percentage was non-existent. Let's be honest. The only touchdowns we score was on a running play that was outside of that, and the other the others were based off turnovers. If those didn't happen, like this could have been a far closer game at the end of the day. So let, let's go back to red zone situation. So they've put certain players under bubble wrap. Okay. Mac Jones is one of them. They have legitimately cut his playbook in half. He hasn't thrown over the top at all. And I just feel that he is in his own head right now. He's second-guessing things because they're telling him to play conservative. If the play is not there and you're not 100%, check it down or throw the ball away. Because we're seeing this from all the other players on the field. Are, are we seriously thinking John New, who could have had a touchdown that game, and instead went right out of bounds because they don't want these guys putting their body at risk when this is a game they should clearly win. I think they they scaled down the playbook. They said if it's not there, go for the easiest check down. I think, I think he's been told, keep it conservative, and he's second-guessing himself. Hopefully that will be worked out by the Saints game, but as you saw, Bobby, from that game, he is not throwing like he did in preseason. So, so let's talk about that a little bit now, JD. I have so strap your tinfoil hat on here a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, what if, what if Hunter Henry's hurt, and what if Mac Jones is? What if both of the? What if Mac Jones and Hunter Henry are nursing injuries, and Belichick's trying to not get them, trying to not get them crushed or or, or killed during you know during a game that they they should more than likely come through with a win. So Mac Jones in the preseason, I believe it was in the Giants game, got rolled up on behind he got rolled up on and it tweaked his knee. Ever since then he's worn that knee brace. Now if you watch the film, JD, if you watch the go if you go back and watch the games prior to that in the preseason, you'll see Mac Jones throwing much harder and with much more confidence than than uh, the Miami game and this game. And also, if you if you take just take five random plays from this from this game, pass pass plays, and if you watch his feet, he's very flat footed, and he's not driving the football. He's throwing with all arm. It's he's throwing with all arm, and that's that that's worrisome to me. That's worrisome to me because if he's if he is, let's just say he is nursing something and trying to not basically trying to outlast it until it gets better. That's it'll be very telltale if in three weeks the knee brace comes off. I would say that it's yeah, that is I didn't I didn't realize that this is actually news to me. Um, And if he is nursing something like that, then that's he's just got to kind of play through it because that's the NFL, man. So you got to keep on playing until it gets better. Uh, I'm sure that. But could that know, be a yeah. reason why their play calling is so vanilla, so bland, so to oh. not put him at risk? You know what I mean? To not, not have him there. sit back in the pocket 
for three and a half seconds and let a and let a deep ball let it let a deep crossing route develop. You know, you have to sit back in the pocket, and when you sit back in a pocket, you risk being hit. That's that's basically what I'm getting at. I think that maybe if maybe like a running play that could be the case, but I feel like that's that. If I'm an offensive coordinator, I don't know this for a fact. It's possible you're you're right on this, but I don't know this for a fact. But if you're an offensive coordinator, you probably like as far as passing plays. If you're out there, you should be able to make any passing play. And if you can't, then maybe the backup should play. Maybe Brian Hoyer should play. I mean, honestly, how how would you feel about that? Like if, if Hoyer did have to come in, like if I, it was for the betterment of Mac Jones, I I might not have a huge issue. Ross, he's young. I think he'll be all right. Ross, Ross, now I want to get your thoughts on that. Me and you have talked, spoke about that a little bit, but I want to get your thoughts on that little kind of tinfoil hat theory. Well, so remember, remember last season, what was everyone's biggest complaint about Cam Newton? His footwork was bad and he wasn't driving throws. He was using all arm strength. Mac Jones is not Cam Newton. He does not have that upper body strength to be able to toss that ball. So, I would not be surprised if he told if he talked to McDaniel's before the game. I'm not be, going to be able to get to that second and third level on the passing. So I'm assuming that they only kept it in short yardage plays this game because he can't. He can't drive his leg forward. He can't get those laser like throws off like he did in preseason. I think this is a, was a rest game that he had to play because let's be honest. If we put Brian Hoyer in there, there would have been a lot of problems. Next part is I believe there's at least three players that are on the offense that are under bubble wrap, if not four. We have Mac Jones with the knee brace. We have Jonu Smith that kept going out of bounds and taking safe passes whenever he was targeted. And Hunter Henry, where you only saw him three times. We hit him a few times, big yardage plays. But we only played, We only had six receptions from our tight ends. And you we know? had, and let's put this in. Let's so let's put it into perspective too. Fifty-seven mm-hmm. plays for the Patriots, and they only throw through. They only threw to the tight end six times. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting to see that Ramondre Stevenson was not in the game tonight. Was not so active. That, yeah, he would. They unactivated him and put in Brandon Bolt. Was it Brandon Bolden? Is that the correct B- name? Bolden instead. Yes. Yes, he is. He can run. And he is special teams. I think they also rested him because remember the workload he put in against Miami. Yes, he did. He but, he ran he ran good against Miami. He did. How many how many bruised up guys do we have that we have to be concerned about? Because I think this is why he wasn't throwing over. Mac wasn't throwing over the top, and guys look like they're doing very safe plays. I think there's some injuries that are lingering. Going into the season, they don't want to burn them out before the Saints game. Or even before, like they're basically just trying to get them through the injury until they're back to 100% and then ramp them back up. Yes, sir. Yep, exactly. Um, and again, it's like, it's a knee. It's his driving. It's not, it's his leg, first leg forward to drive into these passes. And we did not see any velocities on ball. Like you said, when we were off camera, these are all floaters. These are all quick, quick little passes. But did we see any lasers out of the kid? Not so much. I just so, watched him get sacked. I'm, I'm watching it. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I watched this, uh, these highlights. 
and, and it did look like this one play that he was trying to protect his knee. He rolled. That's, that's possible. It's very possible. I mean, cue the cue the X Files music. But I mean, just just it, it it could be something. It could be nothing. It's just something that I've noticed. Like a lot of quarterback, like you know, quarterbacks in the pocket that are confident and that aren't worried about about you know that are a hundred percent healthy, they drive off that back leg. They drive the ball with their legs. And it just looks like Jones is throwing flat footed. That's off that's, his back foot. Yeah. That's and all I'm that's all I'm all I'm getting at is that it looks like he's throwing flat footed. When you're throwing flat footed, it's not a good sign. It means that it's, when you add the throwing flat footed and the knee brace on top of it, it it just that's worrisome. That's a little worrisome that that this early in the season, Jones could be nursing something and and to to win games and to get into the playoffs, we're gonna need him to be a hundred percent and locked in. Well, and here's another thing: if you want to bring up cool, genuine Phil's comment, Carolina defense shut down Saints, and their defense is not good as our Pats. So, Phil, when you get a chance, this is one of the things that concerns me: Carolina already played the Jets, and they played them better than us. We're supposed to be on paper a better defense. But when you look at the stat sheet, Carolina had a way better game against the Jets than we did. Um, and this is not to go after your comment. I just want kind of your opinion on that. Does that concern you like it does us? Because we're looking at the stat sheets, and it's concerning. You know, um, what do you think, Bill? You know, or what are your opinion, guys, when you see something like that? Because you look at the Jets-Carolina game. They outpaced us. <laughs> Do you want to comment on this, JD? <laughs> oh my god, I was looking at stats. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's I um because I was that's actually I was gonna address this and um well I don't want to move off the Patriots. Yeah, yet. so let's Should so I, let's yeah. We'll, I'll save we'll, that. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to that though. I'll we'll get that. to that. I just thought that that was that was hilarious. Good that call, hilarious. Ross. So, Ross, the final the final Patriots kind of offensive note that I that I put down. Pass blocking is an issue, dude. Ooh. It's been an it's been an issue, and it's been an issue for both games. Mac Jones is getting hit a lot. Absolutely. It- so they struggled with protection and run blocking. They couldn't hold their couldn't hold their gaps on the at least on the offensive line. I was just seeing guys streaming back there and it's like, is this really a great pass rush team? You know what I'm saying? When you start seeing too much green in the backfield with the Jets, it's just like, oh um, I mean, in all so let's let's kind of be fair though. Like let's be fair. Durant Durant was was the the you know, they, they were banged up. That's that's what I'm so Durant was not good. And then they went to Haran and he I believe he got hurt. Yes. I yeah. believe he got he got hurt or or tweaked something. Um they, so they are banged up on the line, which it's just it's very weird because me and JD had talked about this before, and like the offensive line of the Patriots was supposed to be one of the the strong points on this team, and they are they're not they don't look too good well also you got to think about the one guy who let all those sacks go through was one singular player i can't remember the gentleman's name 
He was a replacement last second at uh, was it tackle or guard? You're oh, are you talking last season? No, no. The, the, this, oh, this Durant. Game, he was right a tackle. Durant. Yes. Durant. He was yeah. a tackle. Every sack was because of he he blew blocking blocking schemes. He just blew it. They literally had to pull him out of the game and put someone else in place. Um, the other thing that hurt me a lot is penalties are still an issue. He still had six penalties for 54 yards. 54 yards on six penalties. And then the week before, week one, remember J me and JD, the uh, previous podcast had talked about this, eight penalties for 84 yards in week one. There's a lot of things that Bell, that that it's supposed to be. See, here's the thing, and I've said this a while. I question how great Bill Belichick is. I'm not saying he's not the greatest coach of all time. He is. He's better than all the other coaches. But people are saying that, oh, he could just he could turn anyone into Tom Brady. He could turn any defense into this. He could turn any offensive line into that. He could hire any coach and make him a great coach. And uh, without Brady there, it's kind of like Popovich and Tim Duncan. Without Tim Duncan there, you don't have that staple on the court. You don't have that staple on the field. Maybe that culture starts to slowly dwindle away. Now, to be fair, I could be full of crap because they're very, 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 very young. And this is a culture that's building and building and building. So there's a lot of young guys. I could be totally wrong about that. Are you kidding? This whole show is full of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said it. Just, just spit it. Spit the shit. That's Ross, what makes it, that's what makes it thoughts? Fun. Did he mute himself? Yeah, he's muted at the moment. I am muted. So to kind of wrap things up with what I've seen from the last two games, we have a quarterback that's not 100%. We got our two most expensive acquisitions in the offseason that are clearly not 100% based on their playtime and the way they're acting on the field. Um, I think there's a lot of concerns here that need to be ironed out. Hopefully these can be worked out before New Orleans and Tampa Bay, because the way I'm looking at this right now, based on the things we've talked about, I don't have confidence going into the Tampa Bay game. I have some confidence going against New Orleans, but I do not have confidence against Tampa, and I don't have confidence against Cleveland. No, they, they're going to, yeah, they're going to have to iron out some, some, some issues for, for sure. Um, and don't like so let's put this into perspective right the patriots spent 100 and almost almost 110 million dollars on offensive upgrades oh I to make sure forgot. the offense ran better mm -hmm. and i used this analogy before and i'm going to use it again i'm going to use it on this show i don't think i have used it on this show before but the that's like buying your imagine this right imagine your your you buy yourself a brand new Ferrari, <laughs> brand new $350,000 Ferrari, right? You don't buy yourself that Ferrari to, to, to start it up and go drive it at 20 miles an hour. Yep. 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 And you buy yourself a Ferrari so you can drive it at 150. Yep. Yep. And here's the thing. So Hunter the same, and th that's, oh. so to relate that to the Patriots, they spent all that money on Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, 
and they've they've thrown to him a combined like fourteen times in two games for each guy. Mm-hmm. But they need they need to start using that investment investment better. Well, and here's the other thing. Remember, we were discussing off camera that night when we were looking at the contracts for Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry has a has a longer legacy in the NFL. Okay, why was someone like Johnu Smith got fifty million, while Hunter Henry, who is has shown that he play better, why do you only get thirty seven? Why was that, Bobby? Like we discussed. Now, I have a theory on that, and J.D., I want to lay it on you because we had talked about this off camera. What if they What if they paid? So, so Hunter Henry was injured this, this training camp in, in a blocking exercise, right? Blocking exercise. It was deemed a shoulder injury, right? Right. Now, let's, let's say for, for – for, um, tinfoil hat theory theory uh, purposes that that was either a bad sprain or a rotator cuff or something of that nature. And they realized or they knew that there was something there before they signed Hunter Henry. That is why instead of a $50 million tight end, he was signed as 37 and a half. And what if the Patriots are simply managing a an injury? I think I th- I, I think that'd be it's it's almost um, it's either that or they're trying to they're not getting this they're not getting the system in practice they're not the chemistry isn't there in practice they don't feel comfortable with it in practice maybe they don't feel comfortable with Mac maybe it's Mac's injury maybe they don't feel comfortable with that tight end because there, there's a lot of what ifs here and. Uh, there's a lot of questions in my opinion that um, that should be answered throughout the season. And I think I lead on, if I had to guess one, like gun to my head, I got to guess. I think it's the playbook. I think that they don't have the chemistry down yet. It's not going well in practice. Um, Hunter Henry was good with Phil Rivers. He was good. Who else did he have? Did he have Herbert? I don't think he had Herbert. He did have Herbert. The he had year. Herbert last he year. Herbert. Mm-hmm. Good with, he was good with Rivers. He was good with Herbert. Is he good with Mac? Maybe he will be. There's time will tell. Um, it. I feel like the Patriots don't do it. First of all, it's like you said they have a, they have a big bag of tricks. They don't reach into the bag unless they're 100 confident that that's going to work. So um, the, I think it, it's probably I lean either injury, like you said, that's probably number one, or it's the playbook. Is is my is my other guess? Yeah. The Ross, only the only thoughts? reason I, go, I it lean I'm leaning towards a lingering injury. And I'm not saying like something where like he could play through, but they don't want to press it is every time we went to Hunter Henry and um, Smith. Okay. We looking at Hunter Henry, only two receptions average 21 yards per play, two receptions. That's 10 yards a play. Jude on four, four, 28 yards, seven yards average per play. That's only six plays out of 60. Imagine if they were using that more consistently during the game. Why would you go away from a working formula unless players are dinged up, beat up, and they're looking to recover? It's just You look at the stats from the game, and they were there. And I'm assuming they would have been there in the red zone if they used them. 
Don't you feel like people? Don't you feel like at all? Uh, well, let me ask you guys. Do you think that they're maybe trying stuff out and like it's like trial and error? Like they wanted to sprinkle this in. The next week you'll see even more. Oh, it worked a little bit. Hey, look at these stats. You know, they're gonna look at what you just said and say, "Hey, next week let's really use Henry. Let's attack." Or, you know, it depends on the matchup. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Go, go ahead, Ross. Go ahead, Ross. You can oh, okay. you can answer. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. Again. I'm glad they got him out there for a few plays and they weren't just hidden, but six plays in a 60 play game is not, is not going to be enough either a to satisfy fans or B to get chemistry going with a young quarterback in game time. Um, I think Mac needs as much time thrown to these guys as possible because these are going to be the guys that are going to be his emergency outlet. Like you don't want to see him throwing the ball into the ground because they're afraid to use the talent we have. Don't waste that money either. Well, see, that's that that's what I was gonna that's what I was gonna say, JD, right? Like it's almost like 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 you spend all this money, like you keep, you know, you know, David Andrew the, you, you you keep the offensive line intact, you go and you get two tight ends you sign better receivers you they like it's almost like all of that effort and all of that money is is like a waste if you can't get the chemistry right like they they they, they got to figure it out they got to figure it out because guess what the the saints are the last like after new orleans it's tampa so they don't have much time left to be like to 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 you know figure out what our identity is going to, you know, I, I, I mean, me personally, I think the identity is obviously going to be, I think it's going to be run first and tight run and heavy, tight end, heavy, tight end use. But I, I don't, at least that's what I thought at the beginning of the year. I, I just, the lack of them throwing to the tight ends has been kind of surprising to me. That's all. I, they're going to have to, pull out all the stops when they face the Bucks because Tom Brady is going to want to do you. Oof. I wouldn't, I don't want to be Bill Belichick <laughs> on week five, man. <laughs> He's no, they're gonna, the Bucks are going to win that game. I'm sorry. Yeah, to I'm, say. I, I'm not going to comment on the Bucks game and predictions or anything like that until I see what we look like against um, the saints and James saints. Winston. And, I got the Bucks. Um, yeah. Before we play the Bucks. Because we don't know what we have yet. It's been two games. We don't know. We don't. We don't know what type of team we are. We don't know what the injury situation is. There's a lot of unknowns, and I think that's what's making Patriots fans nervous. No question. There's a lot of unknowns, including potential injuries. Uh, if you mm-hmm. believe Bobby, and uh, you know, the Belichick has been known to hide injuries, so this wouldn't be the first uh, time that that even happened. So, Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's, it's, it's convenient that Ramondre went on the uh, inactive list as soon as he had a major game where he was doing punishing runs. Let's be honest, that Miami game, they threw him to the wolves. No, no doubt. So let's climb aboard the Up Yours New York Express. And uh, take off and land that sucker in the Windy City. And we are headed over and we're headed into Bears territory. Bears country. Dub Bears. Dub Bears. Bears. 
So the narrative angle, JD, I want to get your initial thoughts on the game first. Mm -hmm. So the floor is yours, my dude. All right. Well, I mean, uh, if some of <laughs> some of you might have seen on uh, I90 Sports Talk, I posted a couple of shorts, very short, like 30-second videos, and I was just expressing my immediate emotions. Um, I <laughs> let's let's go back to that comment, actually. <laughs> let's let's go back. <laughs> you know we're gonna pull up, don't you? <laughs> oh wait, we can go, hold on, hold on. Let me get it. <laughs> oh, I love that comment. Oh, no. That was the best comment. I gotta find it. <laughs> anyway, I know what it said. It basically said, "Was I the only one that was that was cheering whenever Andy Dalton got hurt?" Which is just, man, that's terrible. But actually, yep, I got it. <laughs> there it is. FJ. I just wanted to give him credit. <laughs> FJ the King or the Kang. <laughs> Throw it up, man. Thanks for watching. That is that's hilarious. Um. I was not cheering that he was hurt. Actually, to be com- completely honest with you, I have the volume off, so I didn't hear that he was hurt. All I saw is I like. I think I went to go get some coffee or something. Look up and I see Justin Fields. I'm like, let's go, Justin Fields. Let's go. I'm so, <laughs> so, um, but but let's talk about Justin Fields for a second. Um, Justin Fields wasn't that good. He, he wasn't. He looked like a rookie. He looked very um average. The play calling, I feel like, was fine. A lot of people were like, the play calling sucked. I don't see a problem with it. He just didn't execute that well. And we didn't ex- – the Bears didn't execute that well as a team. We They didn't. They're, we're bad I, – I, this is this the week two. We're, the Bears are not a good team. We're not, they're not a good team, sadly. We just have to face it. We have to look in the mirror. We have to you know, just be honest with ourselves. We have to go to therapy about it. We're not a good team anymore. A lot of the guys that were good on the team are gone. Um, they're either retired. We have a few good pieces. We have Khalil Mack, who's still in his prime. We have uh, Hicks, who's still somewhat in his prime. We have a couple. Of, Jackson played well last night. This is what I will say. Um, on As far as Justin Fields, the offense played poorly. Uh, the uh, line was poor. The He had virtually no time to, to even consider his reads. Um, there were a few times when he'd snapped the ball and he was immediately on the run. Uh but I will say this, he was much more talented than Andy Dalton, and he gives us a much better chance to win. Regardless, I think after watching these two games, we're probably only going to win maybe six to seven games this year uh, because I just I think we're not going to be a winning team this year. Even, so, okay, so this is Matt Nagy's mentality. Let me break that down really quick while I go on my little rant, and then, we'll, then I want to hear from you guys. Matt Nagy's mentality is, all right, I'll get – Andy Dalton there, he'll run everything, everything poorly. Uh, <laughs> he'll run everything. He'll do all of all of the plays that I want him to do. He'll do them exactly how I want them to do them, but he won't complete any of the plays and he won't bring anything dynamic to the to the table. So he'll bring absolutely nothing dynamic. He won't help us win. There's we're gonna win six, no matter who, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, six, seven to eight games max. Seven to eight games max, maybe nine if we're absolutely incredibly lucky. So we have to lower our expectations. If you put Justin Fields in, he's going to struggle. There's going to be games that are going to be hard, but he's also going to. You're going to see flashes of greatness. You're going to see amazing throws. You're going to see excitement. And if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. That's part of football. We need to learn that. But it's not a good team, so just roll the dice. That's what I would say. And um, 
the other thing I would say on the defensive end, which do you want to wait? You want to wait until I get into that? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the Let's stay offense. So so I got the positives. Yep. Ross, did you get to see that that Bears game at all or see highlights of it? I watched the highlights, and here's the thing. I know you guys are kind of down on it, but I see potential from this kid. Like, what we're looking at here, like, again, he didn't have the passing yards. Again, rushing yards were there. You guys are a great kind of rushing team at, at this point, at least in that game. Um, yards per play could have been a little bit better, but no real big turnovers. You only had one interception the whole game, while your defense made them cough it up three times. You got a fumble recovery. I mean, there's a lot of good points to the Bears team that I think they're gonna they're gonna work out. I mean, you had three sacks on the day. You had 61 total plays. You controlled the time of possession. I think this Bears could be a good middling team. And as they gain chemistry, like I think you guys can be a force within the next season or two. Like I mean, you got that running game that when it's working, it works. You have a team that looks like they're tightening things up, except for the penalties that hurt you you had eight penalties for 70 yards that kind of hurt you but when i looked at justin field's stats that's not bad for a rookie quarterback that shows like he's not just pitching the ball all over the place like imagine if you had zach okay from the jets could you imagine if you had to deal with four picks in one game against a strong defense that will capitalize on it i think you guys are in the right direction i don't necessarily have trust in Nagy, but the people around him, I think, are solid. So here's what I I, I agree with a lot of I, I agree with a lot of that. So Justin Fields wasn't good in his debut, and I 100 percent don't. He wasn't. I, sh- I shouldn't say he wasn't. He wasn't spectacular. Yeah, for a rookie. For a rookie, yes. He looked like a rookie, and you know what? It wasn't his fault. Andy Dalton got hurt and the kid got thrown to the wolves right, right, right then and there. All right, kid, here you go. Now there were, there were flashes where you could see kind of what that bears offense would, you know, was probably would, would probably look like with Justin Fields running it, you know, um, they, since, like like you had stated earlier, Ross, that that you know in that that like JD had said earlier, the offensive the, your um the center and tack the center and guards didn't play well, JD up the up the 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 heart of your line, your center had a really bad game, like really bad game, um and that doesn't help because he's the he's supposed to be the general on the field for the for the offensive line, um. But I don't like from what there's potential there. Like I don't blame Ooh. Justin Field. Like he was six of thirteen. He was six of thirteen, and then he for like sixty five yards, I think, on the in the air. And then I think he had thirty on the ground. So it's it's. I really do like the dual threat. Um, I like the the dual threat uh, ability that Fields brings to the, the, you know, that Justin Fields brings to the offense that you guys would, would run it. And I do think that like, I do agree with Ross too. The, the offensive play calling would be, would be much different. And I think it would, I think it actually, the way the bears are designed, especially with Ty Montgomery, um, I think that team is designed to fit fields better than, better than, than Andy Dalton. I, I really do. Um, 
and they should they and like if Andy Dalton is even in question of of starting next next week then Fields should take all of the all of the QB1 reps this week. So, so I'm I'm not even kidding you. I'm not even I, he should take all of the QB1 reps. I think you're right. I think Fields I think there's absolutely Andy Dalton from what I've seen these last two weeks. This is Andy Dalton is a is a car salesman selling you a dud because this this thing this this you've seen the best years man of Andy Dalton. He, he is not the same guy he was in Cincinnati. He's trying to sell you this Pro Bowl quarterback. He's not that guy anymore. The When he was with Dallas, how did they do? Look at them now. Replace Dak and, and Andy Dalton right now. Like, it's it's insane. I'm not saying – I'm not comparing Dak and Andy Dalton. Obviously, Dak's much better in general. But at one point, Andy Dalton threw for 4,500 yards in this league. So he is a good – he was a good player. He's not anymore. He can't make the throws. Uh, and not only that, but we have absolutely nothing to gain from putting Andy Dalton in. We have everything to gain from putting, from putting Justin Fields and let the offensive line get accustomed to Justin Fields. Let the uh, receivers get accustomed to Justin Fields. Let the let everyone get the coaches, everyone get accustomed to him. Also, Justin Fields showed he already – he showed, I mean, I won't say flashes. He showed a glimmer, a little spark of greatness in, a, in maybe two, of, two plays. Uh, I'd say there was one throw that I was like, wow, that's a nice throw. Andy Dalton's not making that throw. Nick Foles probably isn't making that throw. Uh, just the velocity and everything. And um, also just the, the athleticism. And then there was that other that, that breakaway where he was running and he, you know, almost he broke away, uh, broke that tackle and ran for about 15 yards. That was that was phenomenal. Um I just think Andy Dalton brings nothing to the table, and Fields is just the only—he's the only option, in my opinion. Going back to Andy Dalton looks looks stupid to me. It looks weak and dumb at this point. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, so my big thing was. Oh, sorry, go ahead. So, sorry, Russ. That leads me into my next thing that I want. Is there a quarterback controversy in Chicago? Ooh. I think so. What were you going to say, though, Ross, about that? I think there um, is. I, I think this team was designed for Justin Fields, whether it be now or a season or two from now. It was very similar to us when we were thinking Cam was going to start this season. I lost a bet on a jersey. Like, literally, I bet Cam was going to start because all this. I think the only reason the Red Rocket was there was because they wanted to give him a season to sit down, learn, and figure out the playbook and – NFL life in general. Um, the thing I love about Justin Fields, he can he can make moves that the Red Rocket just can't. Like a sack comes in, I can see Justin Fields shaking that off. I can see him being dynamic. The Red Rocket, unfortunately, I believe halfway through the season, or if not this this coming game, he's going to lose the starting job. The, the way I see it, anyways. Me and me and JD had talked earlier, and it's 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 one of those things, and it it perfectly it perfect perfectly we we JD said it before in one of our previous podcasts that you'd rather take the the unknown Justin Fields ceiling over the and you know exactly what you get with Andy Dalton, and you know where his ceiling is and how good or bad he's going to do, you know what he is. 
But that unknown factor that Fields brings, that playmaking ability and just the the it factor that that and the swagger and just all of the stuff that he carries with him, it's almost worth giving it a shot at this point. I'm just going to say it, all right? Let's cut Andy Dalton. If you want to start Nick Foles, go ahead. Start Nick Foles. I don't really care. But let's just cut Andy Dalton. Let's stop pretending that Andy Dalton is going to bring us to the playoffs or something like that. Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl, all right? He was the starting quarterback in a Super Bowl championship team. And uh, what's it? Uh, 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 what is it? Justin Fields, can't even think of his name, has been to, I think, two national championship games. Andy Dalton hasn't done crap. Now, I loved Andy Dalton when he was in TCU because I was like, oh, this little school, good for him, blah, blah, blah. But ever since then, he's been an average to slightly above average quarterback. And in the last five, no, the last three years, I'd say he's been very below average. So let's just cut him, stop pretending like he's anything at all. And we can use Nick Foles or Justin Fields because I feel like he's just a waste at this point. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't disagree with you, my friend. I can't. Like, I don't see. I don't see. Dalton, Dalton is like an old Dahatson. <laughs> Dalton's like him. an old Datsun. Datsun. Dahatson. And Fields is like a Nissan Skyline. Let the kid right. play. Let it. Let him go. Let him go. If he, you know what, if he does twenty interceptions and fifteen touchdowns, it's like four rushing touchdowns. I don't care, dude. Whatever. Because here's the thing. He'll learn. He'll have a ton of tape to look over. To. If you don't let him play, he'll have zero tape to look over. Think about that for a second. That, that's, None. That's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. He should – Justin Fields should get all of the QB1 reps this week. He should. What is Dalton going to bring to our franchise? What is Dalton going to bring to Chicago, like, long-term? Because here's the thing. I You had me sold in the offseason. Dalton had us all sold. He was like, all right, guys, I'm bringing you this nice vehicle. It's a reliable vehicle. It's nice. And then we got it in the parking lot, and literally in two weeks, we're like, all right, this vehicle sucks, dude. This is trash. Like, you sold us. We were going to get there. It was going to be a stable vehicle. We're going to get to the playoffs. You sold us a dud. You know, you know what Andy Dalton is? You know what? Andy Dalton's the car salesman that takes, like, the, the odometer and dials it back, and you yes. drive the car off the lot, and it, like, exactly. explodes three-quarters of the mile, <laughs> three-quarters of a mile off the dealership. That's exactly <laughs> what he is. Yes, that's perfect. That's Andy Dalton. He's done it. So I say cut him. I, I, I say cut him because Nick Foles, he has a higher ceiling than Andy Dalton. He does. Ross, so. final thoughts on the Bears offense before we head over to the defensive side. I think there's a lot of positives you guys can take from this game. I truly believe that you guys are going to be a force to reckon with. Like, it may take some time, but Justin Fields, Chubb, like these guys that you got on your team is just stupid. It's just that O-line. Like, I think there's, like, a few key pieces from making guys literally one of those teams that are, like, where did they come from? I think you guys could be a dark horse team if the right things come together. I think next year we could be dangerous, very dangerous next year. But this year we just got to learn, man. It would, okay, not surpri- it would not surprise me if Nagy and the Bears in the offseason got um, drafted offensive linemen high in the draft. To protect, to protect fields, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, guys, so. I'm gonna switch. To, I'm gonna switch to my Mac, uh, my uh, my desktop. Just give me two minutes, and I'll be right back. No, you're fired. <laughs> All right.
So, JD, let's swap over to the defensive side of the football now for the for the Bears, which that was dominant. the the defense The defense played. They, dude, let's be honest. The D played their ass off against Cincy. They they play well. Uh, the um, defensive coordinator, I keep on forgetting his name. Hold on. Here's the coordinator. Let me pull up his name real quick. I want to say it because it's important. Sean Desai. Thank you. Sean Desai got the uh, the game ball uh, after the game. And I even – it's funny. I even said that. Like I, I might have even said that in the video I, I made. But I was like, yeah, this guy should get the game ball because the scheme, the scheme was good. So – the first two quarters, I was watching this pretty closely. The first two or three quarters, it was a solid scheme. Everything was just, you know, hunky-dory and pretty good. And I don't remember if it was the second or th- – was it the third quarter? I think it was the third quarter when uh, <laughs> when Joe Burrow just, like, cracked the bed, man. He just – three straight interceptions. Thank you, Joe Burrow. It was, like uh, – it was so bad. Um, I, I think you guys just got to him. I think I think the D forced those. It's not like Joe. Yeah. It's not like Burrow gave you those. You guys forced those interceptions. Well, there's a, there's something that uh, that Matt Nagy had said, and it's it's so true. And this is what happens when uh, the Bears when the Bears is young defensive backs are locked in and the scheme is good. This is what happens. So he said that they had, they have a swarm to them. Like they have like a, a, a swarm factor. Like they all swarm together. Like they all kind of swarm to the ball. And uh, then um, they kind of, after the third interception, they stopped swarming. What happened right after that? Can anyone tell me? Bengals, the, the, the Bengals started to, come, to climb back into the game. Two straight touchdowns back yeah. to back. Yep. Yep, they drove right down. I remember after that last uh, INT, they 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 drove right down on you guys and scored, and then they did it. They did it again. So this talent has so volatile. It's like the 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 line, the thin line between dominant and crap is like is right there in yeah. the, the Chicago Bears defense. I I will give. So I put uh I put your your cornerbacks Jackson and Johnson there in the doghouse last last week, but um. Johnson they, played well. They played well. Johnson played really well. And Jackson had a few good tackles, but Johnson, but Johnson was like a coverage beast. He was a nightmare. He, he was dude, he, big and long. And they were trying to pick on him too. And he was still like, like that. You could yep. tell they were trying to pick on him. And he, he held everywhere. his ground. He <laughs> held his ground all game. Um, another game, ball. like another game ball for the defensive side. Khalil Mack played really well in that game. Yes, we need him to continue. He's going to have a tough life the next couple of years because he's got to be our staple. He's the only thing that's going to keep us in games for like him and a few of the defensive. Like he's got to be the guy that keeps us in games because we, um, we have a lot of young guys, man. He's the, he's going to be the old guy in the room now. And, and uh, did you hear that report that the Raiders tried to get Khalil Mack back in the off season? <laughs> I heard, I, I remember seeing I remember seeing something about it. I didn't think it was real, though. Did they really try to get him back? I I don't. Hey, you never, you never know these days with the fake news. I don't know, but like that's if that's true, which I did see a few different tweets about that. Like, oh, report has it that John Gruden inquired about what it would take to get Cleo Mack back. Is like, <laughs> did you get you honestly? Like, they've had three, two, three years to, um. <laughs> draft these guys. Hold on, JD. What's that? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Anyone interested in numbers? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, that's my guy. No, I'm just kidding. That's not my guy. That's not my guy. I mean, my guy. That is. Uh, that can is you guys the hear guy me? I was having some cut. audio issues. Yeah, you're good. You're good. I'm okay with just cutting okay. him. I really am. He's, but like you said it, you you did say it perfectly before though. Like you were like you know exact. Everybody in the league knows exactly what he is, what his ceiling is, what he's going to give you, what he can bring, where his limitations are. They know Andy Dalton inside and out from him being in the league for so long. Justin Fields is the wild card. Yes, he's and he's clearly more talented. Even if he couldn't run, forget dual threat, that arm, the ball zips out of his hand. He has probably a top 20 arm in the world. So you have Andy Dalton, who has maybe a top 50, 60, 70 arm in the world. You got him, and then you have the arm talent of even if Andy Dalton would have less turnovers, I would still rather have Justin Fields. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. No, no doubt. So the let's continue on. I want to um hey, do you mind if I make a quick statement on the defense? Go for it, Ross. Please. I, 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 like, again, looking at Rokon Smith, we're looking at uh, Nichols, oh, yeah. and we're looking at Robert Quinn. Like, this is not a, like, this is, there is, there's a lot of potential. Khalil Mack, one sack on the day, been in on tackles. It, it doesn't look as bad on paper than it does on television. You know what I'm saying? I think there is potential oh, yeah. here, and I think there's things that could be tightened up. Well, if you can get a good offense with a good running game and a good quarterback to control the, the time of possession, to control the team, and then you have that defense with young guys all who grew up together, basically, who are like with like three different quarterbacks, three different defensive coordinators and stuff like that. They all grew up together. They all have this chemistry together. You have that because that's what the Bears have done. They're always We've always done. We built defenses and we keep them together. Um, and – if we have that with a Justin Fields and a consistent, like you said, if we draft some offensive linemen and some other young pieces, there's no telling what we there's no telling what we what the Bears could do. We could win like two or three Super Bowls. You never you never know, but you'll never know until you let him let him sling it, as they say. You gotta let him go, man. You can't there just is, like there is one Justin person or Andy Dalton. There is one person on that team that is going to benefit more than anything from from Justin Fields. Um, being the quarterback, and that's Allen Robinson. And me. Yes, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson could be a stud with just a Justin Fields-led offense because with Justin Fields under center, you actually have to respect the – you have, one, you have to respect the dual-threat offense. And two, they, they like, come that on, let's be, on, do, do, let, let's be honest, right? They – Defensive coordinators are not going to respect Andy Dalton's athletic ability. You have to look nope. at Justin Fields, and you have or to respect the athletic ability that he has. Yeah, exactly. You you would have to game plan for Fields. You have to game plan for Fields. And honestly, here's what I'll say. Matt Nagy, um, I, I got to bring this up before we move on. Matt Nagy was asked, apparently, this is, a, this is according to reports, He's asked, like, oh, you know, hey, are you, you know, who are you going to start Fields or are you going to start Dalton? He goes, I don't know. We're not going to talk about that. But then another coach apparently said that Nagy plans on starting Dalton. Now, I hope this is what happens. I hope that he actually starts Fields, says he starts Dalton, 
hopes that the other team doesn't game plan uh, is the Browns. The Browns don't game plan for fields, and we start fields. Because do you think Andy Dalton even has a remote chance against the Browns? And the Brown and the Browns defensive line, not a chance. He's going to get destroyed, especially with a with a sore hip. Justin Fields, though, he has a chance. Justin Fields has a chance against well, the Browns. It, it, in that case, they have to play. They have to play contained defense. When you have a quarterback that's dynamic, like Justin Fields, you have to you have to hold the edges and you have to keep your gaps because Justin Fields can sneak out and steal five yards easy. You know how quick this kid is. There is a lot of potential here, and I want him to start because I do have Allen Rogers, Allen Robin, Allen Robinson in fantasy football. And, People uh, underestimate too. The Bears are a young team. They're not yes. that old. They're not the Bears that we remember. Like, like they're not that aging team again. They've gotten, Ooh. they've turned it. They have turned that a lot of that roster over. The Bears are a very young team, and they're still kind of, you know, they're still kind of gelling and when they when they do when they do you know if they if they ever did get a couple of you know well well you know serviceable offensive linemen for fields to just give him maybe an extra half second it's they're not far the bears are not far away from being a serious threat to a lot of people Mm -hmm. I, i would also say that um to add to your Allen Robinson point, uh, you said that Allen Robinson has the most to gain from Justin Fields. Um, yes. He is – he's wanting a big, long – he's wanting a deal. Lots of money, big bags, cure the bag, you know, get get a huge financial deal like four or five years. If, if Fields – you don't know what you have in Allen Robinson, but if you put Fields and Robinson out there together and they mesh – then you, why wouldn't you sign Allen Robinson and, to do well, a long well, deal? Well, Allen Robinson can use that as in, a, as in his negotiations. You want me to stay? You start Justin Fields. Yeah, but I, if I'm the coach, I want that, though, because I want to know, like, hey, is this a really good – is this a good combo? Because if it's not a good combo, I'm going to use that in the, in the negotiations. I'm going to be like, well, you can't even play with my rookie quarterback. Why should I sign you to a long deal? I'll give you one more year for five mil. You know what I mean? Like – He's gotta no. you gotta know no, no. you gotta know it's better to know. So closing say closing arguments here, gentlemen, for the for the bear. So closing thoughts here for the for the bears, the bears and bangles. Uh Ross, I'll let you go first. Okay. So I I I'm kind of like I, I watched the I watched the cuts and I um and I've looked at the stats and I just I think you're a team that's growing. I think your team that's gaining chemistry. And in a lot of ways, I see a lot of parallels with the Patriots right now. You yeah. Know, we're, you, you know, we're, we're going through the motions of training up a rookie quarterback, having guys come in and kind of mentor him. You have receivers that the chemistry isn't exactly there yet, but I think you guys have the ingredients for some magic here. I mean, let's just look at Justin Fields. He wasn't in that long, still got 60 yards. And he ran for 31 yards. You know, that's 91 yards to one player. Average run was 3.1. And he's a rookie. I mean, there's a lot of positives I think Bears fans can take away. And with Andy Dalton gone, like, and I hate to say a veteran guy like him, but Justin Fields, right now, as a rookie, I believe is better than uh, the Red Rocket. That's that's just me personally. And I think he is going to lend a 
a different look to this team that is going to make people question and actually play back, play contain. Then all of a sudden that opens up the running game. Then that opens up quick passes. And then you got that middle of the field to work with. I think Justin Fields is going to bring a lot. Put some respect on that man's name. <laughs> I like, it, I, I I like him. I wanted him. I wanted Fields over. Everyone's going to hate me for this. I wanted a mobile quarterback. Again, that was my preference. Everyone else was happy with Dak. I, I would have I taken. I, I'm with you though. I would have. I would have taken either one, Jones, Jones, or, or Justin. Those were the two that I wanted. Either Mac Jones or Justin Fields. Russell yep. Wilson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields. What do they all have in common? They all can move a little bit and throw deep down the field. That's the future of the league, in my opinion. Those guys are dominant too. Patrick the only Mahomes. concern, is, yeah, and the only concern is though they are going to take a bit more of a bruising. So That's true. pocket QBs, strictly pocket QBs, tend to last much longer in the NFL. When you start seeing guys like, look at the damage Michael Vick took. Look at the damage Cam Newton took. They gotta have the threat of the run, but don't use it as every opportunity like they do to Lamar. Like, look at Lamar. I agree. He's going to get have to. Here's yeah. the, if you're going to be a running quarterback, you need to know when to slide. Thank you. Know well, when Bill's to slide. Already showed he can do that, and so did Russell Wilson. So yeah. that's, that's really exciting. Russell Wilson, Russell don't. Wilson, in my opinion, does it the best. Russell Wilson He's epitomi- best. epitomizes that dual threat quarterback the best. Uh, somebody who can run and someone who's also smart about it too. He knows when to slide, when to get down, when to not take a hit. That's huge. It's 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 extremely because like, yeah, Wilson doesn't get hurt much, and he has he has more. Russell Wilson has more rushing yards than anyone in the NFL that doesn't get blasted and hurt as much as he does. Like, because everyone that everyone else who has all the rushing yards, they're like out of the league in ten years. Wilson, he, he can be a pocket quarterback. He's good enough to be a pocket quarterback until he's like forty five. He he's good enough for that. So. I have two so let's move it on to two we're gonna we're gonna head to a different uh team now. And me and JD had spoke about these two individuals and how it was make or break years for these these two players. And they're on the same team, but both of these guys um both of these guys are 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 definitely in um maybe like a prove it year or just maybe prove it to themselves year that they can, sure. they can play. Um, so let's head to the Let's head down to New York and talk about Daniel Jones and uh, Daniel Jones neighbors. and Saquon Barkley. So let's, let's, let's do Daniel Jones first. Jones was, was drafted very high by the New York giants. I believe it was sixth overall by the New York giants and he was drafted ahead of a lot that that his draft class had a lot of talent in it. And I mean, talented guys that that could spend 10 years in the league and be and and be MVP caliber players. He was drafted ahead of a lot of good guys. Um, And he just his 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 tenure here in the NFL has been up and down and mediocre to to kind of say the least he'll he has shown one or two like i think he's played 20 i believe he's played 28 games and only eight of those games have been on the like positive end like he's 
He's just very inconsistent. Um, I want to get your thoughts first, Ross, on whether or not you think this is a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones. I don't think so. See, my biggest problem with New York, and it's always been my biggest problem, is they always put weapons over protection. They always draft two weapons. So let's. how many times have we seen Daniel Jones run for his life? Like legit run for his life in that division? The first thing you should be thinking about is how do we shore up that front line for this young quarterback? Because if he's running for his life half the game, how many good throws is he going to get off? This is the big complaint I always have about like the bungles and certain other teams. They, you've got to invest in your front line. If you don't have somewhere near a top 10 offensive line, you're not going to go anywhere in this NFL. Look at these teams, Cleveland, these guys who can get the pass rush going. You need a solid front line. And they have never, they haven't had that in the longest time in New York. That's just my opinion. Now, J.D., you made a very interesting comparison to me. You you text me you text me something, and it said, "Is is Andy Dalton the next Mitch Trubisky? Daniel Jones? I mean, I mean, I mean, not, I mean, is 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 Daniel Jones? Excuse me, guys. Is Daniel Jones the next Mitch Trubisky? Yes. And so, I, would you yeah. care to elaborate on that? So. I think that he has a lot of the same skill set. He's a solid medium range thrower. He messes up easy plays sometimes. <laughs> he doesn't have a fantastic arm and he can move his feet a little bit. I shall break this curse. Please, please break the curse. All right. <laughs> if, if you're listening on the podcast, there's a meme uh, that you might want to check out on the YouTube channel, but man, it's very funny that Ross is sharing with us. Uh, anyway, uh, it's about Justin Fields it's, it's saying that he's going to break the curse of, of terrible quarterbacks in Chicago. Although I will say that uh, Cutler wasn't as terrible. I don't know. Cutler and Trubisky weren't as bad as the rest, but, but yes, we need fields. Anyway, going back to Justin Fields, getting back on point, Justin Fields <laughs> or Daniel Jones. I'm sorry. Gosh. All these new young guys. Justin Fields on the mind. <laughs> He's on the mind. All right. Uh, Daniel Jones, though. Daniel Jones, this is what I'll say about him. Um, I'm gonna say the I'm gonna say the bad, I'm gonna say the good thing first, okay? Actually. Daniel Jones was the right pick. Mm. New York Giants. He was the right really? pick. Really? Over the right over pick. the over the defensive lineman they could have had ahead ahead. Okay, all right, all right. Let me back up. He was the right quarterback pick. He was the right quarterback pick. Three names I'm going to read off to you right now. <clears throat> Drew Locke, Will Greer, Jared Stidham. That, those are your other options. So keep in mind, you know, you, you might say, oh, well, they're all, you know, if they wanted a quarterback, Daniel Jones was the guy for sure. Because those are your other three options in that draft. That draft sucked. Unless you got Kyle, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was the best player. Daniel Jones was the second best quarterback. Whether you like him or not, he was the second best quarterback. Now, now it's time for the, for the for the punishing bad part. He basically is Mitchell Trubisky, and honestly, I think I'd rather have Mitchell Trubisky. If I'm the Giants, I'm looking at next year, saying, "Hey, Bills, what would you would you want a second round pick for that uh, for that backup you got there?" Just saying, because he probably adds more to the in the passing game. Than Daniel Jones does. Daniel Jones looks confused sometimes. 
like in the passing game. Trubisky didn't look confused. He just wasn't overwhelmingly talented. So if you're just looking for someone to like kind of just run the table with you, then you Mitchell Trubisky's your guy. He'll 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 do it for you. But Ross, I think Jones is becoming that guy. Ross, your thoughts? I, I think when you see a talent like Daniel Jones on the draft and he falls to you, you can't not take him. Like again, I look at I look at Daniel Jones as a possible franchise quarterback. He is that type of guy who can do multiple things and has got a good arm. You don't leave someone in on the draft board like that. If I was picking at that point, I probably would have taken them because how strong of a quarterback presence did they really have in New York? It it wasn't well the dra- the quarterback draft in that year was not good at all. Yeah. And again, he was the only good one to pull from the draft, and they needed someone. Who have they seen that's been in any way near potent for that New York Giants team? Yeah, no, that's that's the truth. And when did Eli retire? Like, that was the last relevant, relevant quarterback they had. And that's, you know, um, again, you don't leave a solid quarterback. Solid possible franchise quarterback on the board where he could possibly go to someone in the same division and just make your life even worse. I'm with you. I'm with you. And uh, I think that Daniel Jones, he he he's the he was the best guy on the board. Um, he was coached by a guy that Eli respected. Maybe that was their way of saying, "Hey, we like you, Eli," and stuff. I don't know if he is a franchise quarterback. He had the most potential of anyone on that board, though. I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I do agree with you guys there as, as well. There was the potential you had to take him because of the potent the 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 potential. The the ceiling was 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 higher. Too high, to, too high to pass up. Yeah. Yeah. To, yes. Absolutely. Right. Now, his teammate Saquon Barkley through two weeks. Once again, still still starting slow. Not very a very sluggish year for for Barkley as well. Um, does he need a does he need a strong rebound year to to a strong bounce back year to kind of prove to himself and his doubters that he can do it that he can that he could still play at a high level or if he let's say hypothetically he gets hurt this year and misses time. At what point do we call him injury prone? And and because if he gets hurt again, I do believe that he's not going to get big money on a next contract. Ross, so I have a couple of things on this. Until you have a solid front line, I don't think many guys are in danger right now. Like, how much time does Daniel Jones have in that backfield? The, the minimal footage I've looked at just from tape, like I'm going one thousand, two one thousand, throw the ball. Like, he has no time. Yeah. Swiss cheese on that front line. I think these guys are okay until they fill their needs on the offensive line front. Um, Look at these guys. Like, we're going to look at the last game against Washington. Washington's a fairly good defense. They lost by a single point like we did with Miami. Look at this. 94 yards for Sterling Shepard for nine receptions. 10.4 average per catch. Um. Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay. Like, these are not terrible numbers, and they're all over six yards per catch. 
Yeah. Um, after after catch, and what I'm looking at here is they're a couple steps away from being one of those teams that you you kind of have to say it's a 50-50 ball game now. But that front line, I think until they work out the front line, most of these guys are going to be pretty safe. And it has been a it has been a turnstile uh, for the Giants at 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 offensive line. They they have been trying to figure that out for years now. Yeah, I, I feel like next year's draft, they're gonna. I would hope. I would hope because again, one of the guys I watch that I find kind of funny. He's a Giants coverage guy. He's a five points vids. Um, he covers he covers the Giants, and his biggest complaint is like, who's gonna block for people? Like every like I think it was two different drafts that he's just like losing it because it's like, oh, we got another wide receiver. Who's gonna give them enough time to actually throw to him? It's I, I don't know if coaching is thinking they're smarter than what the stats say, but it's just like every time they pass up a dominant guard or dominant uh, tackle that they could they could work into the system, it frustrates people because look at the talent they already have. They don't need more wide receivers. Like we've been praying for wide receivers in New England for five years. You know, <laughs> true. They hit on every one. Look at rushing. Like Daniel Jones had 95 rushing yards. How stupid is that? that is 95 yards. That's from the scrambling. Six yards per carry. Like what? What is going on? I I'll give him I credit really, for that. I'll give him credit. I'll give Jones credit for that. Well, we gotta give Jones credit for the fact he could scramble and not die. Exactly. <laughs> the amount the amount of Washington defenders I've seen in the backfield from the clips. Yeah, like I'm sorry, that's not good enough for the NFL. It's just not good enough. So let's let's uh let's stick with the um let's let's stick so so closing on that on that both of those I think I think I think it is a make or break year, but in their own eyes for themselves. I I think. Hey, Missy. <laughs> I I think I think Jones needs I think Jones needs a good year to you know for for his own mental well-being you know proving to himself that he can still play that he can play cuz they've they they like I, I don't know they're not they're not helping him any it seems like the Giants aren't aren't the Giants organization as a whole hasn't helped him at all it's kind of similar to the Eli situation. They didn't help Eli for years too, you know? No doubt. They uh they definitely had some bad um some bad years. Uh except the one where they hurt my soul. I'm, I'm not gonna go into that because I have PTSD from Eli Manning. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exa- yeah, exactly. Giants uh, robbing us twice. Twice. Um, I think any given Sunday, you need to put your players in the best position to win until they address the glaring issues for three seasons that they haven't addressed on the New York Giants. They're going to be a middling team that I don't even look at as a 50-50 ball club. I yeah. just don't. They're explosive. But you start hitting uh, Daniel Jones, he's going to fold. He's still a young quarterback, and people are going to take advantage of that. No, and that's pri- no that's that's priority number one for a lot of teams when they play them is hit him. Let's hit the young kid and see if we can knock him off his off his game. 
I just want to say something about Saquon Barkley, and it's nothing against him personally, um, <laughs> but it's it's something about it's something about him and Zeke. I, I'm just gonna kind of blanket them all together. It, I would say um, that that Zeke and Barkley were both. Ele- I'm just gonna use those two, but them and a few other guys always get elevated to this level of like Adrian Peterson level by a lot of people, especially on like Twitter, social media, a bunch of other stuff. Let's be clear. There's only like one elite, maybe two elite running backs in the league right now. And uh, I would say that would be Derrick Henry. Um, and then maybe uh, Alvin Kamara, <laughs> maybe Austin Eckler. Those two are just not productive enough for me to say they're elite. Maybe they're elite talents, but they haven't been elite over the last three years. So how can you call, how can I call them elite? I just can't. Well, Zeke, Zeke especially has had a couple of down, a couple of down years where he just has a blocker. I, I hate to say it, and I, I'm probably going to piss some Cowboy fans off, but I live in New England, so who cares? <laughs> Anyways, so um, Zeke hasn't looked good since he got his money. He hasn't been the same since he got his money. Since, since. Elliot got that massive contract. He hasn't been the same. He just hasn't been motivated. Now, granted, last game we the last last game, he did run real. He ran harder than I've seen him run in a while. So I will give him credit for that. Um, but ever since he got his ever since he got that massive contract, the motivation just hasn't been there. I I mean, it, it, one the thing is, I do think that Zeke. Zeke is all bought in to he wants to be the best cowboy he can be. So I'll give him credit for that. I'll give him credit for that. It's more the fans. The fans are like, Zeke's the best since uh, freaking whoever. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Emmett how- Smith. Emmett Smith. Thank you. Thank you so much. You knew exactly mm-hmm. what I was going to say. He's the best since Emmett Smith. It's like, nah, dude, he's he's just a good running back. That's all. He's a good piece. He's great blocker, good pass catcher, solid running back. He's not that. He's not a superstar. I'll slow down on that. Ross? Uh, my biggest thing with Zeke, I think there was glaring injuries that he didn't report or he would push through certain things. I think he definitely had a downgrade after he got his money. I mean, that was a significant paycheck. That was significant. Um, but what I would say is he was also not put in a great position either. He, one, he had to go, at least last season, he had to go between two different quarterbacks. Secondly, that O-line, everyone touts it as being good, wasn't very good, in my opinion. And he's like what Damien Harris had to do the other day. He legitimately has to do the impossible to either get to the line of scrimmage or to get five year, yards downfield. So I don't think it's necessarily him. It's a team fail, in my opinion. Because that O-line did not show up a lot of times for Zeke. And Zeke was not making dynamic plays. Because let's be honest, there's the joke out there that he got fat. Everyone makes that joke. Zeke got fat. And this man could kill me. I understand that. Murdered me easily. But football caliber shape, there was points where he was not there. He was not dynamic. But the O-line did him no favors. At least this season and last season. I was just going to say, weren't they the, – there was a couple of years where Dallas's, where Dallas's offensive line was injured. So he wasn't – I rem, I think it was 
it was last year was one and then i believe it was like 20 2019 i want to say maybe that or 28 yeah the no 28 2018 i think his uh his offensive line was hurt as well. So he hasn't really, you know, those when you're a running back and you're dealing with second string offensive linemen and it's not the guys you're used to and they're, you know, it's that's, that can be tough. So I'll, I'll give him a little bit of, a little bit of wiggle room there, but still he's had, he's been in the league since 2016 and two out of the four years have been bad. Yeah. But here's one other thing I will add to that. Why I'm giving him any bit of a pass coach clap. Let's be honest, Coach Clap. <laughs> the like, Clapper. Uh, again, they didn't disguise the run, kind of like <laughs> what we're doing now. Um, when I saw Ezekiel Elliott on the field, they were legitimately always running to him. There was no disguising the run. There was there was no trickery involved, like a bootleg that turned into a run. It was just straight, oh, we're going to put him up the snot with no blocking, and we're going to do that 20 times a game. I'm yeah. sorry. Who was running the offense for the Cowboys really frustrated me last season and a portion of this season. They did much better against Tampa Bay, but they fell off. They fell off towards the end of the game. So what I will tell people is if you're a Cowboys fan or if you're someone who has Zeke in your lineup in fantasy, don't give up too quickly because I think he's going to have a bounce back season, at least with somewhat better coaching. No, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Also, Mike McCarthy's second full year, you know, he's he had a full off season and a full training camp mm-hmm. and all the stuff that goes with that. I completely agree. And you got a team that had the worst defense, I would say, last season in the NFL. Just no matter what they put on the board, no matter how good Dak played, no matter how good Zeke played, if teams are putting 20 easy 20 points on you out of nowhere, it, you're not going to go anywhere in the league. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You lose every game 34 to 30. That's that's the Washington game. Uh, no, excuse me. That was the Tampa Bay game. Like, so, all right, team. Let's I, go. got, I got one more. I got one more. Uh, one more player I want to talk about um, who's off to a red hot start. And JD sent me this one too. Uh, um, JD sent me this topic and I, it's, I I think it's worth talking about. So let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray and the the white hot start that he's off to Um, Kyler Murray through two games, a QBR of one twenty one. Can he let's so I want to do one thing real quick. Excuse me, guys. By the way, is Leedy in here? Because we had to annoy him once at least while he's in here. <laughs> so through so a QBR of 121.1 through two games. Um now the Arizona Cardinals have the Jaguars coming up, the LA Rams, and then the San Francisco 49ers. So the Jaguars are, he should be able to stay on performance with that, you know, because their defense is not good. The next two games, though, the Rams, so the, the following 
games coming up after the next one, the Rams, the Niners, and the Browns, is going to be very telling, I think, on on whether or not Murray can can keep this. Like this is a this is a ridiculous pace up. A QBR of one twenty one, mm-hmm. and they're two and zero. Oh. I, he is he yeah. is playing he is playing exceptional right now, making reads on the field, making things happen with his legs. Um, the accuracy, Kyla Murray's accuracy, throwing deep down the field has been like he's he's been incredible so far. Um, but like I said, he's got the a pushover game in the Jaguars, and then he's got the Rams, the Niners, and the Browns to, right after that. So the it's that's going to be a real three week test to see whether or not Kyla Murray's for real or for, or, or not. But Ross, I want to get your thoughts on that. So Kyler Murray is one of those guys I've always kept an eye on. I think he's supremely talented. I think he is someone who, who can establish an organization that's been struggling. Like he's dynamic. I mean, let's look at the stats, like just stupid. Just stupid. 416 total yards for this offense, 280 passing yards, 136 rushing yards against Tennessee, who is like almost one of the best running backs in the NFL, Derrick Henry. You know, and then 6.2 yards per play. That is nothing but success. And I'm not saying the Titans are the Titans of defense, but look at Kyler Murray 21 for 32, 289 yards four touchdowns, only one interception. Now, let's be considerate. He's still mostly a a rookie. But the stats, oh, my God, 13. Like, a lot of these guys are getting over 10 yards per play in the receiving game. In the rushing game, everything's over four yards per carry. That's a recipe for success. This is a dark horse team. If they can keep this together, they're going to make a lot of teams look very foolish. Oh yeah, and they've always I feel like the Cardinals have always been one of those teams where you where you could sleep sleep on them or overlook them. What do you think, JD? Um the Cardinals, this is what I'm going to say about uh about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is one of the greatest athletes of his generation. Of the, the Gen Z generation, he is one of the greatest athletes that they're going to have. Um, this guy was drafted number 9 overall by the Oakland Athletics in the MLB. Uh, he is a transcendent athlete, one of the one of the best baseball players of his class, and uh, as well as and, and a lot of people didn't even think he'd be a great football player. Then he goes to Oklahoma and lights the league on or right, lights the NCAA on fire. I think he won a Heisman. He was absolutely phenomenal in college. Comes to the NFL, doesn't take him very long to uh, at least show his talent. And now, now you just I mean you gave him a whole year of um you know of kind of feeling the league out now cliff kingsbury is blowing up uh the playbook he's doing whatever he wants he's got hopkins to do whatever he wants with how he just murray can throw it murray's accuracy is phenomenal that's something that can't be um overstated his accuracy is incredible i think it's a lot to do with his baseball skills he's just a very skilled skilled athlete and that's all I can say. He's an incredibly skilled athlete. He's going to be a top five quarterback in the league for a long time. So you do think he can keep the pace up? 
You do. Oh, yeah. you, think, you think he can keep, he can keep this up? He'll be fine. Yep, he's going to continue. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I, I believe it. I, that you, you can't fake that talent. You can't fake that skill. It's uh, it's special. It's unique. He's a lot like Doug Flutie with his size, but I would say he's he's quicker off the like acceleration. Um, I just think that you know. He, and also, here's the thing: you got DeAndre Hopkins. So you can do a lot. Like you can you can throw that ball anywhere you want and he'll go get it. So it's kind of nice. And he's deceptive too. He is quick. So he quick. Is like he makes he breaks people's ankles. Good vision is, for a short guy. Yeah, I mean, I know the memes and the jokes online, you know, a lot of guys are just like Yes, he's a short quarterback. But again, you know, there's been majorly fantastic quarterbacks in the NFL that aren't over six foot five. You know, True. let's keep this in perspective. And also, that is somewhat a benefit to him being a mobile quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Slippery. Hard, um, hard to grab. He's just so small and, you know, definitely. I, I just believe this kid has a ceiling that no one, that he hasn't reached yet. And that's a scary thought because. Right now, look at what he's on pace to do with the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Imagine if he was on he's a team He's changing like the, the culture. Yes. Imagine if he went to a more stacked team. My Lord, like he would have done even more damage. And now he's got Hopkins in the mix. Thank you, Rick, for telling me that. I completely forgot um, that uh, now they got Hopkins over there. This The sky could be the limit at this point. The athletic, I think the athletic ability cannot be underestimated. He's, he's, and he's like on top of every, like he's doing it all at his size at with, with, with like five ten at the, at the most, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He turned down millions of dollars to play football millions right off the bat. And now it's all going to pay off. He's going to make hundreds of millions. Just the, 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 what he's what he's doing is definitely worth monitoring because of he's 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 got that team playing very very well and the, the another thing you can you, you know that that shouldn't be underestimated either is the defense feeds off of that too you know when the offense is successful and they see Kyla Murray doing all the stuff that he can that he can do the 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 defense feeds off of that he he he's making the whole team better. I agree. No question well, about that. When you got that kind of leadership in the locker room and people going by example and making plays happen, that's going to inspire the rest of the team. Momentum is massive in games. Um, like again, we talked about when we played the Jets, you and me off camera. Is if we didn't get those picks, let's imagine let's imagine those picks didn't happen, and they gained some momentum. How much closer a game would the Jets game been for us? You know, like, again, I think Kyler Murray is the type of guy that can change games. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that you have to game plan for. You you cannot ignore him. You know, when I'm watching Murray, I, he plays in a way that I'm not very – I'm not – I shouldn't say I'm not worried, but I'm not as worried that he's going to get hurt as a lot of other guys are. Like a lot of other guys, they kind of throw their bodies around and they get they get hit really hard. Murray Murray's so athletic and so anticipate is that a word anticipatory? He anticipates everything so well. He's so much faster than everyone else mentally 
on the field. He, just, he's got, you know yeah. what he's got, you know what he's got to me that really stands out for somebody of his size too. Like his, his one, his football IQ impressed. Like I was impressed with that. I, I did not, I'll, I'd be, I'll be the first to admit, I, I did not give him, I was not expecting his football IQ to be as good as it was. And his, he has very good instincts in the pocket. He can feel a rush. He can feel that backside rush. You know what I mean? He can, He's he's very good with the instinctual stuff about the game. When it when when he needs to get out when he needs to get out of the pocket, he can feel it and get out of the pocket and get away from, get out of harm's way. <laughs> oh, no doubt, he's quick. I, I I like dynamic players, and he's one of those guys. Like simply put, he's exciting to watch. Like he you want to turn on a football game? Are you going to turn it on to see the Red Rocket? No, you're going to turn it on to see Justin Fields. Are you going to turn it on to see you know? Let's be honest, some aging quarterback in the backfield just doing checkdowns all day. I know they don't last as long, but it makes a far more exciting football game. Well, if you're a quarterback like Russell Wilson or or um or Kyler Murray or maybe Justin Fields, where you're not where you can throw in the pocket and you can make pocket throws, that career doesn't necessarily have to be that short. Cam's problem was he never, and I would say Michael Vick was relatively not dynamic with his arm, but they weren't dynamic with their arms. You know what I mean? Like they didn't understand that like Cam didn't even know the playbook. I mean, that's just stuff like that. Like that's going to hurt you. If you know the playbook, you're dynamic with your arm and you're athletic, you're going to have a nice prime and then maybe a slow gradual decline. So that's kind of nice. I would say, I I hope that that's what happens for all of these guys. That just adds to the football IQ, his football IQ. I didn't give him, like I said, I'll be the first to admit I didn't give him enough credit for that. I didn't think, you know, his his football IQ, watching some of those plays and watching him read and, and instinctually know where DeAndre Hopkins is going to be downfield as he's scrambling is something that needs to be that needs to be said. He's that's very that's a very underrated part of his game that's very good. And Hopkins hasn't even been there that long. You I know. know I know. He has not even been there that long. It's crazy. And they're they're a good young offense. Absolutely. I cannot disagree there. And they brought somebody – this was brought up too. He He's very accurate on the move, That's which huge. is a huge, a huge plus too, especially those, those type of – like those type of mobile quarterbacks like that suit – they suit teams that don't have good offensive lines a lot better. Than po- than the pocket guys do like like Andy Dalton, um, Andy Dalton is a is a pocket is a purely pocket guy, and he's on a team in the Chicago Bears that don't have the the greatest offensive line. So why not like this? So like you have to you got to put players and and put the team in the best position to win that like Kyla Murray is in the best spot. He's going to be in to he's with the, uh, uh, the best coach he's going to get. You know what I mean? He's in a good, like you have to put the, them in the, in the best spot possible to win. The bears need Justin Fields because the offense is going to run smoother with a guy like that over a quarterback, like Andy Dalton. I agree. Uh, and I love the diamond. I, I know Justin Fields is young. He's not. He's not NFL supposedly ready, but he's going to show something like Kyler Murray that 
teams that have played you over the years have never seen. That's an advantage. That's I'm totally okay with advantage. he sucks. I'm not going to lose my mind. JD, but see, here's the thing, right? Bears fans, and they they might have to – you guys might have to sacrifice this year to just build the chemistry between Fields and the rest of the offense, but you never know. Like, like Patriot fans might be in the same boat as you guys where we might have to sacrifice this year to get the chemistry right between Jones, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, and the rest of the offense. So – if you have to toss one year out for the next eight to 10, I mean, I would gladly make that sacrifice. You know I mean? Like you make that sacrifice one for 10 is an easy give up. Mm-hmm. Well, the way I see it is it's the, the way I see it. The, the reason why I think it's not a sacrifice is it's kind of how, what I alluded to earlier with, with Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton doesn't give us any more of a chance to win a game than Justin Fields does. He doesn't. Like if he did, then I'd be like, eh, I don't know. Like maybe. Like if this, if this was Alex Smith with the Chiefs, and we were maybe going to the playoffs, and then people were like, well, Alex Smith sucks. Put in Mahomes. If he sucks, whatever. We'll see. Okay, maybe that's a decision we can we could make. But this is not the decision. The decision is very bad, or bad but potential. That's that's Ooh. the decision I have to make. Very bad or bad with potential. I'll take bad with potential. Yeah, no, no doubt. So in closing, guys, do we think I think we're all in agreement, but I'll I'll let I'll you know I'll let you guys give your final thoughts um on on the Kyla Murray thing. Can he can he keep this pace up and can they can the cards make some some serious noise this year cuz the way I I mean, the way I see it, they got a cupcake game in the Jaguars, which they should absolutely Kyla Murray should absolutely torch that team. But I'm telling you, they they the the three games after that, they got the Rams, they got the Niners and the Browns. All three top, you know, top 10, top 12 defenses e- easily. So there's Murray's going to be facing a test in the next month. But yeah, I, I, I think I think he can do it. I think I think he's going to be in the running for MVP this year. Hey, JD, you want to take the first snap on this one, or you want me to grab this one? Go for it. Take it. Okay, so remember we talked about complete football. We talked off air about it. We've all chatted about complete football. When you have a defense that's supporting your offense, let's, let's look at a couple of numbers here that I find very interesting about the cards. Okay, so the Tennessee Titans against the Cardinals, they allowed – Six sacks. Six sacks. How demoralizing is that? They caused them to punt three times. They had two fumbles lost and one interception thrown. And their time of possession was only like 26 minutes. 26 minutes of a football game. They controlled the game. They controlled the run. And they legitimately, that's, if you have a complete team, you can really do anything. It's just 38 to 13 against Tennessee. Tennessee is not one of those teams you walk right over, especially their running game. I mean, how many times you've seen teams go up against Tennessee and have a, more rushing yards than Tennessee? Never. Um, I think, not lately. Yeah, and, and I think also Tennessee shot themselves in the foot a lot. The seven penalties for 57 yards. You can't do that. Their, their first down percentage, they only had 17 first downs in 64 plays. That's not how you win football games. While on the other end of the, the scale, you got 22 first downs for the 
for the Cardinals, 67 plays. A bit better, but it's just all-around better team football. The offense is going to feed on the defense, and the defense is going to feed on the offense. Momentum is important, and, and all-around good team football is going to win you a lot of games. I will say that's a very good take, Ross, and I, I, I agree with you. You got to have both sides of the ball. We'll see how kind of how that plays out. Um, I'm looking at the division games. Uh, the yep. NFC West. What were you saying? I'm sorry. No, I was coughing a little bit. Sorry. Oh, my bad. Uh, the NFC West, man, is the best division in this league. Uh, I don't think it's it's really up for debate. Um, they got the Seahawks, the Niners. Uh, I mean, now we got the Cardinals are making some noise. And with that, um, I'm just going to say that this is what I'll I'll say. Do they have a chance? That was, was, uh, I think, your first question, Bobby. Um, They have a chance. They have a chance. A lot of it is riding on Murray. And if they get it done, if they make the playoffs, Murray's in the MVP conversation. So I think all of that is a very adept – prediction by you bobby um and and what another thing i want to say about that is if they do all that if they make all of those adjustments and they figure this thing out make the playoffs in that division this year uh the ownership group divert um excuse me deserves the most credit because cliff kingsbury was doubted by the national media the local media everyone nobody thought cliff kingsbury would do anything and everyone was bashing them when they got Josh Rosen and then immediately got Kyle, Kyler Murray. So the ownership group deserves a ton of credit um, if they're able to do that. This is an ownership group that, that goes – it's as old as this ownership group, believe it or not. This is the oldest – the Cardinals, the Bears, the Packers, and the Giants, man. Oldest franchises in the history of this league. They deserve a lot of credit. I don't know if it's the same ownership. Um, if this If they do turn it around, aren't they 2-0? Are they 2-0? They are 2-0. They're they are undefeated. Mm-hmm. One of the I'm gonna few. be watching the division games. That's all I can say. I'm gonna be watching the the division games are everything in this division. Everything. You the like like I was saying, man. They have a cupcake game in the in the Jaguars, right? Coming up, but the next the next the next stretch for them they in yes, it does, right? in six games in the next after the Jaguar game. So after this coming weekend, they have the Rams. The Niners, the Browns, the Packers, and then the Niners again in six weeks. And the Niners games are going to be. I'm telling you, they're they're in for a brutal stretch after this week, and it's going to say a lot about Murray and that team if he can keep up that. If he can keep even close to that pace, I'll be watching. I'll be watching Murray. Um, again, this is going to lead me into an opportunity to rant real quick. Why does Tampa Bay have the easiest schedule in the NFL? Conspiracy. I'm sorry. This is stupid. They're the best team in the NFL, and you have someone like the Cardinals going up against the best the NFL has to offer, and the only two there's only two teams as a threat anywhere on Tampa <laughs> Bay's schedule. Like I just, it's just weird. You're seeing Cardinals going up against the best, and you have. So, so, so JD, I'll I'll give, just to give you an example of what he's talking about. All right. So, so, so the Buccaneers have played the Texans, 
producers love Tom Brady. The Cal- they have played the excuse. No, no, excuse me. They have played. They have played the the Cowboys and the Falcons in Week One and Two. Excuse me, Cowboys and Falcons. All right. Now their remaining schedule. They have the so it goes Rams, Patriots, Dolphins, Eagles, Bears, Saints. Washington, Giants, Colts, the Falcons again, the Whoa. Colts again, the Fal- uh, the yeah. So then it's all divisional games, and then they finish with the Jets. So yeah, um, I would say they have a they have a weak division. That's a lot of it, but I mean, finishing with the Jets that's interesting. Giving Brady another <laughs> another crack at the Jets. <laughs> they have they have the weakest schedule in the NFL. Yeah, they have the that weakest is, schedule I think I've ever seen. It's it's that division is not very good. So that's that definitely is part of it. They get to see the Falcons twice. Uh, but yeah, you're right. No, that's that's pretty bad. Why is it the AFC? He gets to face all his old familiar team or his old familiar. Exactly. Uh, yeah, he gets to face the <laughs> Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets. This What's up with such, that? <laughs> this is such a softball schedule. It's a little weird. I can't believe it. Like they they get the Falcons, the Falcons. Oh, all the Patriot fans are turning on Brady now. They're like, this guy <laughs> he gets it all. He gets everything. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's it's like again I'm gonna I'm gonna call it for what it is. It's it's an easy schedule. I'm like it is an easy I'm not, gonna, right. I'm not gonna pull back on that. And they're the best team in football. Let's be honest. They are the best they team are. in football. Best roster, they, I'd say. They 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 got all their talent back. Who can who can say that at the end of a season? That I don't know who the shaman is they have in their in their office for accounting, but they brought everyone back, and they even improved their front line. What? What is that? It's crazy. It's just crazy to me. I, I, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, Brady and Brady Gronk and Antonio Brown don't really get paid that much. So, just saying. Yeah, but that's, that's yeah, part of that's it. All, that's all made up an ad deal. But I get what you're saying. You know, right, 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 right. Deal. Yeah. They all get the money. Team the way it is, you know. The cap don't make the, the cap isn't. They don't. They're not. They don't hit the cap that that hard. So that's nice. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Can I can I rattle off some teams for you? I just want to. I just want to see. <laughs> Look at this schedule, okay? Falcons, Miami, Philadelphia, you know the Bears, New York. My God, it's this is other than the Bills in Carolina. I don't see a lot of guys being able to stop this team. Do you? No, and and, and a lot of people were saying that that they could go undefeated, and Bobby. I I don't know about that, but it's not impossible if they have a very weak schedule. That's it. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> uh, Rick Rick uh, Rick is saying Matt Ryan's the last of the immobile QBs. <laughs> <laughs> the last one, last one that's still. Still useful. Him and Tom Brady, the last one that's still useful. They've all been extinct. I'd say Tannehill, but he can kind of, he can kind of move, can he? <laughs> kind of move a little bit. 
It was at this moment Tyrone Mathay know he's knew he screwed up. <laughs> Can I bring up one more story before we close out? Oh, yeah. just quick, real quick. So there's a story that well, it's not a story; it's a fact because it's been told. Uh, apparently, Rob Gronkowski doesn't watch film really that much in his free time, and he doesn't really. Yeah. So, so hold on, hold on, Ross. Did you hear this at all? Have you have you heard this at all? No. What happened here? So, so there's <laughs> articles out saying that Rob Gronkowski. Tell him, JD. Tell, tell, tell. Him. Yeah, no, there's he's they asked him, they said, you know, Rob, uh, like, so I guess somebody asked him, you know, do you ever watch film and stuff? And he's yes. like, no, I don't watch film. <laughs> he's, and he's like, uh, he's like, I guess if they have it on at practice, you know, I'll watch it then. And if they, he's like, how do you know what to do then? He's like, I just asked Tom, like, like <laughs> I just walked up to Tom during the game and I say, hey, Tom, like, where do I go? Where do you want me to run? And he's like, go that way, go this way, go left. And he just does that. It's like just they won like freaking four Super Bowls together, and that's just what they that's just what they they're playing backyard football. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> that was awesome. That was like my favorite story. Gronk, this week. Gronk, Gronk, like, Gronk, run route, Gronk catch yeah. ball, Gronk this run to end zone, Gronk spike ball. Dude, he is simplicity in motion. Like again, like he's <laughs> just so dumb it works, you know. Um hey, you I don't need to be that Gronk. smart. Brady loves him to Gronk. death, though, because he's he might be big and dumb, but he catches everything, and he's a monster. Absolutely. It is beyond stupid. Like, if you just get anywhere near him, he can snatch it. It's his longevity that we always had a concern for. It was never the man on the field, but it's just like, how many times was he out for half a season? You know? Like, he, when he fell, you felt the ground shake. You know what I'm saying? That's watching an elephant fall down. Like every time we saw him fall, we thought he was gonna die. Like it, it, he's a big guy. Well, he's like half robot, anyways, with all the surgeries he's had. Well, he says that he's he's been part. He's been doing that uh, thing that Brady does. What do you call it again? Oh, the, oh like the TV twelve and the bands yeah. oh, and all. The, and that oh, helps prevent on that. T- Brady Brady is the greatest football, like the greatest quarterback ever, right? Yes. But that motherfucker is weird off the football field. He is a strange he's dude. He's obsessed. That that dude might That's be an alien. Obsession. He might be an alien. Seriously. He has a passion and he's he a weird dude. Obsessed. I respect uh, it. Uh, again, I, I respect the play, and but I don't generally, I can respect the player, but I don't really have to like the person behind it. So again, I'll give him all credit all day for being the GOAT and being the best um, game manager the game has ever seen, but let's be frank, he's a weird dude. Like he is the weird. Not, he's a weirdo. He is more than a game a manager too. He's more than a game manager. No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying he's the greatest game manager, as in he can coach at the line. Yeah. Not oh, I see NFL what you're saying. Players. I see. Yeah. Like he can, like he knew him and defensive Manny, yep. schemes from every team in the NFL. And oh he yeah. Called directly on the line. Oh yeah, from you that know, perspective, yes, agreed. Again, me and me and Bobby had the conversation, and we can't really deny it. Was Josh McDaniels carried for such a long period of time because Ooh. he had such a great coaching quarterback? That's and something we should talk about in a future. Episode. I can't outright. We'll, deny yeah, it. we'll have to. We'll put that on the. But that Ross, Ooh. me, yeah, like we had talked about that. Like, that is is 
is you know or was Josh McDaniels carried for? Were they all carried? Yeah. I can't, I can't deny it. I, I can't deny it right now. Like I know it's, it's meme fodder, but at the we'll end see. of the day, um, you know, there's cracks showing vanilla play calling, at least on our side. It's just, I'm not seeing enough out of McDaniels to give me confidence in the long term. Hey. Hey. You guys got rookie quarter. Okay. It's, you know what? Hey, it's not too, it's 2002 again. All right. This ain't 2019. Like this is 2002 again. Like we gotta, you gotta roll it back, Patriots fans. You gotta lower your expectations. You're in our boat now. You're in our boat now. You're not. You're not in this. You don't get to <laughs> get sick and tired. Of yeah, we don't. Yeah, oh, but, God, but, but, so that but, fuck, but fuck that boat. We don't want to be in that boat. boat. Hey, that Belichick we... got you in that boat. Hey, <laughs> hey, Brady would have came back. I bet if you would kiss his ass a little bit more, bend over and just you know. But we had no money. We had no money to make him happy. We had no money left to get him a wide receiver, even to get yeah. him anything. We, were, we, we talked. Were, me yeah. and JD, me and JD, like did a whole series on this dude. Like it was, it was. You tell, whole, you like, tell Tom. Listen, Tom. We want you to retire here. We love you. You're everything to us. We want to give you a statue. We love you. Who do you want us to bring in? Tom will sign a five million dollar deal, but instead. <laughs> Belichick's like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm pretty good. I'm a genius. Do you remember the Do you remember the reports of of the conversations between Brady and Bill being like five word sentences? Remember those? Yeah, Tom got fucking pissed. Yeah, he's like, "Fuck you! I'm the best fucking quarterback in the history of this game. Go fuck yourself." And I really think we should do an expose at at some point on the i ninety podcast of all the stupid taunting calls. That have been going on that have changed games for the yes. worst. Let's do I, it. I'm sorry, I'm but in. you're stopping drives for a guy standing up and flexing, not even looking at the guy. I'll try to find the you compilation know, or make. You know, like I, I really think we should have a conversation on how many games have probably been lost to bad calls like that. Because that's what is that, 15 or 10 yarders? And if you get two of them, you can uh, throw I a think kid out of the game. I think it's a, I think it's a 10 yarder. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I, it's one of those things that's undermining the NFL at this point. You're taking the passion out of the game. I'm sorry. I, and I talk too much. We're at two hours, ten minutes already. This is <laughs> there's a South Park episode about this. It's called Sarcastival. And yeah. like this is the thing. Football is a man, it's a tough it's a very masculine sport, man. Like this, we're just throwing each other around, punching dude. I remember in my high school, like we would at the O line, like I played tight end. We would literally punch each other sometimes, and it would not get called. Nowadays, you can't do anything. To hey, anyone, we man. all, we all, we all played. We all played high school ball. That's what I'm saying. Back in ball, around, around the same, around the same time, right? When you're in, the, when you're in the pile up, all when you're in the happen. pile up at the end of the play, y'all know what went down in in those pile in those pile ups. Oh you yeah, before, before you cut up, <laughs> y'all we know what went down the in the. Y'all know what went down in the pileups w- w- before before you got up and went back to your side, whether it was the huddle for offense or defense. Come on now. We played all in the same era. You, we know. <laughs> I'm oh, yeah. not going to say I never lifted up a quarterback's rib pads and uh, started punching him in the ribs. I never did that no, once no, no, as no. a nose guard. Ever. <laughs> Be careful with the quarterbacks. But but in the line, it's all – everywhere in a cup. That's all I have to say. 
<laughs> it's all fucking fair game. Man. I have I have no comment. I have no comment about that. <laughs> we were seven and two for a freaking reason. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Seven and two. <laughs> for a freaking reason. No. Um, but uh no, I, I agree that um there's a lot to uh there's a lot to 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 look forward to in in with the Patriots. In in the Bears, but like especially with the Patriots, you got you just gotta relax because Brady Mac Jones could be Brady in five years, but Brady wasn't Brady when he first came. When he first won a Super Bowl, Brady wasn't Brady. Brady wasn't Brady until he, like his third Super Bowl. When until until oh until oh four yeah. until oh four. So you. you gotta give him Thank some time you. with the play calls and stuff. So this is New England though. We don't give we don't give know, time. Don't give time, time what are you talking about? Super Bowl expectations. <laughs> Come on, have you seen EEI? He should have been ready day one and Cam Newton should have never started. Come on. <laughs> hey, thanks for hanging out, uh Rick. Thanks for watching. W W E E I Who the hell oh, goes on, who the hell goes on W who who listens to W E E I anyways? Uh, I'm sorry, but we we literally captured another five topics we could talk about next time. Legitimately complaining about EI, taunting stupid taunting penalties, um, <laughs> NFL dark horses, and the fact that the New York Giants can't can't draft the front line. <laughs> oh, dude, we didn't even get through half our time. I don't even think we got through half our time. We will get. We have so much more coming on in a podcast episode eleven or episode ten rather. Episode ten is going to be. We we, we hammered out. We hammered out a lot, man. We, we did. did. We, we did get a lot. lot. We didn't get off track too much because of my shenanigans. No, we just we just got a lot of well, we just had a lot of information in there, man. We like we we yeah, it's been a good episode. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. So, been, or thanks for having me on. In or, closing, gentlemen, both both rookie quarterbacks show are are showing that they they do belong in this league. Jones and Fields definitely showing that they they will and do belong in the league. Um, absolutely. There's. You know, Kyler Murray on on a ridiculous pace, as a, a, a QBR of one twenty one point one right now. Amazing, truly amazing, great player. There's no no words, no no words on that. Hopefully, you can keep it up. And Andy Dalton think- and and Andy Dalton's a scrub. And outside of that, <laughs> <laughs> and he's the starter. <laughs> no, Please sucks. let Justin Fields start. I need him I to cut him. Can we get a can we get a Justin Fields to start week three prayer circle? Because <laughs> <laughs> I got Allen Robinson and Aaron and uh Donald is not hitting him. <laughs> it's the worst. Father of the it's midway. Like, they told me I'm gonna get 30 points with Robinson and I get three. It's like <laughs> go away, Red Rocket, okay? Oh my god, yeah. It's trash. You never trust the Bears. They need, they need to strap Andy Dalton to a rocket and just send him out of there. Just cut him. See, I'm done with them. Seen enough. Two games. It's been enough. But that'll do it for episode nine, guys. Episode 10 coming up next week. For me, for Ross, and for JD, thanks for tuning in, y'all. We appreciate the support. Go Pats. JD? Bear the fuck down, boys. Let's go. Go Bears. Go Bears. Go Bears. And go Patriots. We're out of here, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Find us on Apple Pod. Uh, where where, where are we, J.D.? 
Uh, will be Apple Podcasts, hopefully very soon, iHeartRadio, um, YouTube, i90 Sports Talk, and um, Facebook. i90 Sports Talk on Facebook as well. So look us up, and we appreciate the continued support, guys. And on Rumble. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> and in closing, up, up yours, New York. <laughs> Yankees, you're going down. We're going to knock your ass out the playoffs. Screw you, New York. There you go. Get some baseball talk in there. Go Sioux Ox. And we're and we're out of here. <laughs>